and it's 8 oh, 5 and 24 seconds on Wednesday night, and it's Simcha Cohen on the Wednesday night hour. How are you all today? And we're here to talk about, ooh, the summer is here. It's like crazy. School's over, regions. It's like, it's like really, really came on us pretty quickly. We just finished Shavuot, and now it's like no more pencils, no more books, no more teachers, dirty looks. How they say? But, uh, but it's over. It's over, and school camp is going to start. And my daughter went to camp today. It's very depressing. She flew out. I'm like, I can't believe it. Like, it's like, it's like crazy. It's like crazy. That's it. So kids, we're going to camp. We're going to meet new people. Or maybe we're going to bungalow colonies. We're going to meet new people. So what do you think your summer is going to be like? I would love to know. The call-in number is 718-683-5858. That is the call-in number. And I would love to know what you think your summer is going to be like. But uh, can I say who's here tonight? I'm so happy. My, I'm smiling from ear to ear. Nussie's here tonight. Nussie's in the house. Hello, Nussie. He's not talking. He's waving. Okay, for everybody that wants to know, Nussie just waved. You look great. It's nice to see you. And he's, he's nodding his head. So we're going to have some words of wisdom from, from Nussie soon. When he gets ready to talk. But anyways, you know, you know, I was in a store on Friday, and the strangest thing happened to me. I was in line, and some lady, she did not even look even remotely Jewish. I don't know what that means, but she just, she didn't, she didn't look like, uh, you know, a characteristically dressed Jewish woman. And I was checking out, and she said to me, you know, hey, I have some coupons. Would you like them? And I said, that is so nice. So she goes, well, I believe in that. I believe in being nice. And for no reason, I believe in random kindness. And she gave me coupons, and she saved me like $8 on my order. And I said, that's like, it's like, who does that? She goes, well, that's the way I was raised. And then she said, um, you know, us didn't have to stick together. And I said, whoa, she's so right. But what she's right about is that no matter how removed a person may look, a neshama Yehudi is a neshama Yehudi. This is the way we think. We think of other people. We think about other people, and that's how we live our lives. And it just, it just inspired me. And then what even blew my mind was the, girl, the cash register girl who had, like, a lot of tattoos. She said, yeah, I think so, too. I'm Jewish, too. I said, whoa. Goes to show you, you never know. You really never know. Here's a girl. She's got tattoos. And they weren't of, like, little flowers and daisies. <laughs> like, tattoos of skulls and all sorts of garbage all over. But she's Jewish. And she knew that she was Jewish. And partly broke my heart. Partly broke my heart because it's a neshama. That, but you know, 
you know something it's 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 something that we have someone's proud to say I'm a Jew and it was very it was a very interesting moment because I don't think the cash register like next to us was not a Jewish cash register clearly by nationality um but anyways our call in number is 718-683-5858 and the question is what is on your mind now of course if there's nothing on your mind don't call up and tell us nothing because we're not interested in nothing. We're interested in something. Uh-huh. And that's that. Now, what is the biggest fear from summer camp? For me, it was meeting new kids. And it was it just, it's one thing you make friends, but then you have to sleep in the same bunk as them. It's like a little creepy, and you, you never know who you... Who you, who you're okay. okay, I don't know. That was my fear. All right, we're going to take a caller. Hi, you're on the line. Hi. I just want to tell a story talking about you never know who's a Jew. Um, I was doing a Hanukkah party in a rehab, okay. a really rough rehab, too. And I was making latkes. And I'm checking the eggs, you know, you pour the eggs from one shell to the other shell. Right. Checking if there are blood spots. And one girl speaks up and says, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm checking for blood. I said, the Jews don't eat blood. And I'm checking those eggs to see if there's blood. And then if there is, that you get stumped and I go on to the next egg. And she says, my grandma does that. Unbelievable. I nearly passed out. Unbelievable. Yep. And I said, well, your mom's mom or your dad's mom. No, my mom's mom. Wow. I said, well, I said, you know, we go according to a mother and she said, you mean to say I may be Jewish? And that was when the, you know, the counselors came in and said, you know, you really can't talk to anybody here except for, you know, doing what you're doing. Oh, my. But oh, my. Separating eggs. Yep, yep, 100%. It just goes to show you that we take pride in who we are and we have no embarrassment from our Yiddishkeit and you have no idea who you're going to affect. No idea. Um, unbelievable. Thank you so much for a beautiful story. My pleasure. Okay, have a good night. Hi, you're on the air. Me? Yep, you, the one and only. How you doing? Good, Baruch Hashem. Um, I remember I called last week and I said about my problem that, that I always get too nervous before testing. Yes. Really, um, um, I, I followed your advice and it really, really helped. I'm and so I happy. Before my test and I got it back and I got a very good mark. I I'm, just want to thank you. And I'm so happy. You know, sometimes you're ready to finish your school. Um, whenever you're nervous, you should follow what you said and... And it really helped, and I think I got a better mark of that. I am so happy. You made my night. And thank you so much for calling and saying it. But you really made my night, and I, I, I really appreciate that. And I hope that it works for you forever on all things. Okay? Yeah, I mean, I should have I should have called like by the beginning of the year. Then all my tests would be much better. That was actually my last test. So okay, well, I couldn't try it at Unfortunately, then. my friend, there are more tests to come. They do not leave you alone till for a very long time. Yeah, next year, whatever. You know what? Can I tell you something? My first test in college, 
I was a yeshiva boy. I went to the basement for many, many years. I never took a formal test, like a really formal test. And I took this test, and I thought I, I, I thought I did okay. The professor on a clear blue sky comes over to me and says, Simka, because that's what they used to call me, um, I'd like to have coffee with you. It's like, all right, what's something's going on? Like, why does she want to have coffee with me? She's like a real hush of a professor. So we go to Starbucks and we're having coffee and we're talking 20 minutes back and forth. She tells me, she goes, I want you to know you just got 100 on your exam. I said, what? She goes, I asked you every question orally and you answered them perfectly. Then she pulled out a written paper and I recognized it was my test. And you know what the grade on the written paper was? 45. Because she said, you think too much into your questions. She says, you're not learning Talmud. This is just psychology. Don't ask 100. This I ask this, I want this. Just know enough information. Don't be nervous. And you'll do okay. And she was nice. She gave me the A. But the fact is, you know what? Test taking is a little tricky sometimes. If you go and relax, then you're good. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you for calling. Thank you for the good feedback. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, good evening. Good evening to you. Thank you for a beautiful show. Thank you for Enjoy. being part of this beautiful show. What's going on? Are you going away for the summer? Nope, I'm staying here. Oh, you're so smart. You're so lucky. I really wish I could stay here. But... Uh, mm-hmm. But, but I, I have things to do in the country. But I love Brooklyn when there's place to park, and there's nobody shoving you around and like, like and like. It, yeah, Brooklyn in the summer is pretty nice, and people actually talk to each other in Brooklyn in the summer, right? What? People actually talk to each other in Brooklyn in the summer. Yeah. Because it's like less crowded. Are you going to a camp? No, I'm, yeah, I'm staying in day camp. Day camp. Yeah, that's a camp. Which day camp? Ruach. Oh, Ruach is the best day camp. I was around when Ruach started. Because <laughs> Yeshiva of Kings Bay is where Ruach is. Yeah. And I used to be the principal in Yeshiva of Kings Bay many, many moons ago. And Duvet Teichman, who started Ruach Day Camp, was my best friend. And, and he, he started it. And it's a great day camp. Yep, it is. My yeah. mother wants to say something. Okay. Then let's put her on. Hi, good evening, Dr. Simcha. Hi, good evening, Mom. How are you? I'm Baruch Hashem. Great. And how are you? Baruch Hashem. You have an extremely, extremely matchlock and articulate child over there. One more time? You have an extremely matchlock and articulate child over there. Yes, she's a treasure from Hashem. Baruch Hashem. As they all are, Baruch Hashem. We value her. <laughs> I, that's why she's articulate and she's mental. I always tell people, if you want respect from your children, respect them. That's right. I actually wrote a thank you note. I, I wrote an apology note to my child this week because I was Choshev B'Kshayrim. So Interesting, because my mother was European. She should be in Ghanaian, and she was of the thinking that you don't apologize to children. I think... Uh, you, know, you know, you don't have to make a nebuch out of yourself, but occasionally it warrants an apology. Well, I, it wasn't a nebuch. I, I felt that I, I suspected him of something, and I was wrong. So I wrote him a note, and I said, I was I have to give you a bracha. 
<laughs> so I wrote, Shahakal Diabidvaro. That's a joke. <laughs> he said, Dad, I think I'm more of a Mazonos. <laughs> but, anyways, I gave him a bracha. He should grow up to be a big Talmud Chacham. And he should have many, many Talmudim. And he should be Marbet Star, Barabim, and Betsinna. I gave I actually gave him the bracha that I wanted for myself. Because that's really what I want. This is my bracha. But, uh, but uh, anyways, yes, respecting kids is very important. But so there's a Yiddish bracha that says whatever you vinch or bless people with comes back to you. 100%. That's, that's right. Anyway, um, first I want to ask you about what you went through this week, and then I'll say what I wanted to say originally. Uh, do you, Dr. Simcha, feel it was better to do a written apology rather than a verbal apology? I think a verbal apology would have been better, but he had already gone to school. And so I oh. sent it with my older kid who went later. Uh-huh. I sent it. Actually, my wife picked him up for a doctor's appointment, and so I sent it with her. But a verbal apology is definitely better, and we discussed it afterwards. Okay, as long as everybody's. I just didn't want him to sit all day with, with, with feeling, feeling bad. I wanted to make sure that he knew that, that I knew the truth. Okay, I'm glad it, it all worked uh, for the best. So I actually called in the winter time. I don't know if you remember the conversation about a neighbor's daughter that had taken away some friends from yes, my daughter. Yes, yes, I do, I do. Tell me what happened. So um, we had this neighbor that was practically living by us right, for right. Um, a couple years, and um, she lived next door, and she was by us. Like every minute when there wasn't school, Shabbos, you right, know, right. weekends. And then all of a sudden she stopped coming. Right. So I figure maybe she was busy. Her mother has, you know, babies a lot. But it was just very interesting. And then I just asked her, we haven't seen you. And then she said, well, this other girl said I shouldn't be your daughter's friend anymore. Right. So there was a whole back and forth. I tried uh, working it out with the mother. Well, whatever it was, so... um it was a whole politics thing. But you had recommended that instead of um, alienating this girl, we should welcome her in and right. invite her for Shabbos party right. Right. to try to be friendly with her. Um, she's still up to her shtick again, but we still be, my daughter's still being friendly with her because we figure it's nebuch on her, that's all. She can't help herself. A hundred percent. And you know what? Call him Avir Al-Midaisav, Ma'avir Menokolpshav. And right. it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to teach children to be Mavar Almidas. And, and you can't lose. You can't lose. And so, she's so lucky she has a mom that, that, has, that has focus. Because you know what? So many parents pick fights for their kids and teach their children all the terrible, terrible ways of fighting. And that's such a, that, you know, that, that, that's like giving your kids cigarettes. It's really, it's like, Giving your kids things that are just not good for them. To teach our kids how to how to how to how to walk away. So I'll be honest. In the beginning, there was some confrontation between the daughter and the mother, but um, it just wasn't going anywhere because the mother was not recognizing that there's an issue with her daughter. Or in the end, she admitted that she couldn't really deal with what her daughter was doing. So. Oh. Um, Listen, mothers will mothers will be a lot of times at at the forefront of what go, what's going on. But it sounds like you handled the mother very well. You know, 
A mother should know. The truth is, it's a, it's a it's a back and forth. If my kid's doing something, I would like to know. I would like someone. Some parents can handle it. Some parents can't. But to not say anything is is not an option. You gotta like somehow, you know, tell the parent. And unfortunately, if she didn't take it well, maybe she just hasn't. As as you said, she has no control. Listen, the main thing is that your daughter sounds great. And she sounds like she's not being affected by it. So that, that's the main thing. That's the main thing. Thank you for sharing, though. Okay, and thank you for your advice. Okay. And thank you for a very wonderful show. Thank you so much. Have a good summer. Good summer to you as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Goodbye. A, Hello. A certain camper that was going to... Ruch day camp. By yes. the way, my uncle is the head counselor of that day camp. He's Mati Zeiger. Mati Zeiger is your uncle? Yeah, my mother's brother. Mati Zeiger is one of the most phenomenal people, mechanchim, just guy that I know. And when Mati Zeiger is in Flatbush, Brooklyn, he davens mamish right next to me. He is the warmest, most gishmaka person that I know. And when I see him on Shabbos, my entire Shabbos is different. Ah, that's nice. He's because he, and his father-in-law is the Gaber in my shul. Okay. So there you go. So I'm a big Mati Zager fan. All right. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of him. Okay, good. And you got you're even related, so lucky you. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for uh, calling. Okay, thank you very much. Bye bye. Hi, you're on the air. Who me? Yeah, you. Oh, that's so cute. Um I just wanna tell you what I'm doing. What are you doing? Um, first day I'm going to the country, but I don't want to go because I'm gonna get noise in the car. Wait, wait, say that a little slower. First you're gonna go who how much about? What? First half, I'm going to the country, but I don't want to go because I'm going to get nauseous in the car. Oh, so I think you should fly. Okay, and second half, I'm going to camp, and I'm scared I'm going to get homesick. Well, first of all, if you're scared you're going to get homesick, then you probably will get homesick. And if you do get homesick, it's normal because most people get homesick. The question is, how homesick do you get? Do you get, like, homesick, sick, sick, or do you just get homesick and then get over it? And then get into the fun and all the distractions and all the fun things in camp. I think it would be not normal if a kid went away from home and didn't think about home every now and then. It's it's pretty normal. Just don't get homesick and, like, really sick. Okay, fine. Thank you so much. Okay, and listen, there's something called Dramamine for when you're in the car. The anti-puke pills, they're good. I know, but they don't help me. Really? Yeah. I can't. That's hard to believe. They help everybody. There's other stuff. Or just travel with a bag. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Good summer. Anyways. Uh, so, I guess, tra- well, I love to travel. I am a big traveler. I love to get in the car. And I, because uh, uh, I, I grew up out of town. So, at the end of the year, I used to get in the car. And I used to drive. Um, I used to drive a from Baltimore to Rochester to Detroit and then back to Brooklyn. You know what? Uh, I think that one thing that 
camps need to really, really worry about, and I think that most camps do, and they care about more than anything, is is if there are certain kids that have more aggressive tendencies and could end up being bullies. I have to tell you, kids, if you experience any form of bullying in camp, you must, you must, you must reach out to an adult and you must say something. You are you can't live with it. It's intolerable. It's unacceptable. And any camp director, counselor, head counselor, division head, whatever you want to call the guy or lady, must be notified because in an environment where kids are sleeping together, if you have one person that's a bully, that has to be stopped immediately because it's unacceptable and it can really ruin somebody's summer. And if the camp doesn't do anything about it, then guess what? It ain't the right camp. Then find a different camp. And there are plenty very nice, heimish, friendly camps out there. But if a kid gets to camp and he's bullied, then you know what? That should be a project of the camp to help this kid get out of it. I had a kid once who, before I became his Rebbe, he was really victimized. And I couldn't, I couldn't see it. The Rebbe felt it was none of my business. I used to get involved. But I said, when he gets to my class, forget it. And you know what? It was between me, I was sixth grade, and one of my best friends was a seventh grade Rebbe. And we were Baruch Hashem Zoche to help this boy. And I met him recently. He's now 34 years old. He told me that we saved his life. We literally saved his life. His whole life changed. We went on this rope course, Rings Homestead, and they had this, this very hard challenge. We had to like climb a wall, and everybody was trying it. And when he got to the wall, the entire class stood there and were chanting his name. Let's say his name was Billy. Billy, Billy. And you know what? He said that he felt so good that everybody wanted him to succeed. And he made it on top of the wall. Forget it. There wasn't even a chance. There wasn't a snowball's chance in Bermuda for me to make it over the wall. I made up like three stones and I just like fell down like a big fat potato dish. But this kid made it over the wall. And he reminded me like four or five months ago. He says, I made it over the wall. Do you remember that? Honestly, I'll never forget it. I had goosebumps. And, 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 so you must tell someone if you don't miss out on the camp experience because of a few dinglings. That's what they are. They're dinglings. Okay. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. How are you? Good. I just want to say a story about what I experienced through about bullying. Please. I mean, hey, tell so me. Like a few years ago, I was in camp for the first time, and a girl gave me a really. It was like the first week of camp. She was giving me a really hard time. She was like call me names and spread rumors right. about me. So on campsite, like a Monday, so the first month of Shabbos, like after the first month of Shabbos, I couldn't take it anymore. Right. So like the second it was, they said, Abdullah, I ran and called my mother. I was just crying and crying and crying. Oh, right. poor thing. Yeah, whatever. And now I'm a lot older. I wouldn't do that anymore, but I was crying and crying and crying. And the director happened to pass, and she saw me crying, and I was like really embarrassed. And she asked to speak to my mother, and my mother told you what, like, what I was going through, and she had a whole meeting with me and that kid. And that kid was um, 
that kid was worn, like, like really worn, and she didn't dare bother me for the rest of the summer. And if she did, like, like at the end of the summer, she started again. I went until the director, and she had to go home from camp one day early. But I was really happy that the director saw me, because if not, my mother would have told me to go to the director. But if not, but I wouldn't do it. I would just be too scared. That's and right. And I'm really happy that you passed, because if not, I would have so, fainted. So that was Hashem who loves you. But the beauty of what you're telling in this story is the message that you're telling us, every kid, is that you must go to the director. Yeah. You must. And can I tell you a little secret? The director wants you to come to them because no director wants to have the reputation of having bullies in their camp. Right. It's, it gives such a bad name. But you know what? When I was in school and I used to have kids that would bully, I would, I would take the two kids and I would make them work together on something for me. I would force them to work on something, a project. And they would eventually, like, you know, I and I'd, I'd say to this, to you both are dependent on each other for a grade over here. So you need to figure out how to work this out. And, and the bully would, like, pretty quickly figure out how to be nice to this kid. Yeah, that's a very smart approach. But then, because otherwise, like, you know, in a camp environment of, like, two months, so... I would also threaten living. Yeah, you know, I used to take take the bully for a walk, and I used to put my arm around her. I'd say, like, you know what I hate? You know what I really can't stand? I hate bullies so much. They make me sick. I really can't stand them. When I see a bully, I want to smash them. And I'd look at the kids and say, like, so can you do me a favor? If you know anybody that's a bully, can you, like, bring it to my attention? The kids say, yeah, sure, I will, I will. <laughs> Meanwhile, kid walks away. I'm sure he, he probably went like wet his pants. But but, <laughs> but uh, anyways, thank you for calling. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. How are you? Good. My grandma wants to buy me a necklace, and it's ugly, and it's small, and I don't like it. Who wants, wants to buy you a necklace? It, I don't want to wear it. Who wants to buy you a necklace? My grandmother. Okay. And then I was one time she went in camp. And then she comes to visit me, and I have a problem because I don't want to wear it. Aha. Uh -huh. So in other words, it's about the size of the necklace, not about who gave it to you. What? It's about the size of the necklace and not who gave it to you? It's a size, and, and it's a color, green. I don't like green. Ah, uh, so why don't you just say, hey, old lady, I like green. Get me something I like. Lady. <laughs> it's your grandmother, kid. Have a little respect. She's buying you a present. I would be so proud to wear something that my grandmother, not a necklace, but I, so something my grandmother gave me. It's sentimental. It's cherished. And, yes, so I would hide it, but then I would hide it in my drawer, but she wants us to wear it. Well, maybe she wants you, she, you should be proud that you have something from your grandmother. Okay. You know something? If it's something that's from your grandmother and it's something that, that means a lot, who cares what color it is? It's something special. Your grandmother loves you. She wants to give you a gift. It's such a beautiful thing. You're right. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Um, I want to say, I'm going to camp for second half. Okay. And, and it's like, I want to bring a million stuff to camp, but I don't have enough room in my suitcases. So I want to bring a million stuff to camp. I would yeah. bring only half a million stuff. But they tell you what to bring to camp. And half the stuff you're not going to use anyways. 
I mean, but I want to bring like tons and tons like like junk and what kind of junk food? Nash. Yeah. Okay, listen. Bring the nash. Share it with all your friends. Within three weeks, it's all gone, anyways. And then the fourth week, it gets covered with bugs. In the fifth week, it's moldy because you probably put your wet bathing suit on it. And so, I mean, they have good, fattening, disgusting food in camp. You can eat. So, but I want to, like, bring a lot of stuff besides, like, food. I want to bring, let's say, a million pairs of shoes. A million pairs of shoes. Well, yeah. How many feet do you have? I don't know, but one for each sport. One for each what? Sport. One shoe for each, one sneaker for each sport, one pair. Okay, and why would you want to do that? I don't know. For you sick. think that would impress people? I don't know. For fun. Uh for fun? Okay, sounds like wacky. it sounds like it was it will be a lot of fun. So rent a truck and take all your stuff to camp. I think, son, I think child, you need to listen to your parents and take what they tell you to take. Cause there ain't room and bunks for all that stuff. Just 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 take your stuff and go have a good time. But I don't know. When I was in camp, people had like too many pairs of sneakers. We like thought were a little bit interesting. <laughs> All right. Okay. And by the way, if you want to get attention for yourself, be the best in learning, or be like the nicest kid, or or like you know, do do funny pranks that aren't aren't hurtful. <laughs> okay. Like which type of prank should I do? I don't know. I don't know. Things that don't get you in trouble and things that are just cute. Like. I don't I just know. Put your pair of shoes. I mean. I, I don't know. Yeah, taking an extra pair of shoes is not called a prank. <laughs> no, switching my shoes with somebody else's shoes. Okay, that could that could work. Okay, my roommate switched his pants with my pants, and the problem was, <laughs> my my waist was like fifty two, and his waist was like thirty eight. So when I put on his, when he put on my pants, he started running out the door. They fell to the floor, and he like tripped out into the hallway and knocked over an old lady. It was not funny. But anyways. <laughs> If he's listening, he probably remembers. All right. Thanks for calling, okay? Okay, bye. Bye. Hello? Hi, how are you? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, so I, oh my sisters always fight with me. And, and I don't know, they always fight. They make fun of me. And I have a lot of sisters. So, and You're so lucky you have a lot of sisters. You're so lucky that they make fun of you and fight with you because that means they notice you. Because imagine if they didn't pay attention to you and they treated you like you were a potato dish. You'd feel horrible. And how old are you? I'm 11. 11? How old are they? They're all different ages. The so, oldest is in 12th grade, and then uh-huh. I have little sisters. I have older sisters. They have seven and they, sisters. They all chepper you? What? They all chepper you? Yeah, and they always ignore me. They they, they make fun of me. and. Well, if they're chepping you, then they're not ignoring you. <laughs> no, they have moods. One time they chepper me, the next day they ignore me. Well, they take away my stuff. And... Well, listen, I can tell you one thing. This is very common for kids who are in big families. And I think it's a, it's something that you get used to. And it's a good thing. Because to be an only child. What? To be an only child is not good. It's just not. You sit there yeah, and you talk you to you. You can't play Othello with yourself. Fight with you. What? 
No fights with you. Right, but sit and play Othello with yourself. <laughs> play backgammon. You win every time if you're playing alone. <laughs> also, my arms sometimes annoy me. All right, listen. You know what? I think that if a person stops getting annoyed, they're dead. <laughs> you think that I annoy them. They get annoyed at me, and I and I get annoyed from them and and from my younger sister. Then all right. So this this is this is what your family's like, and this is it. It's not the end of the world. As long as no one kills each other, <laughs> you're okay. You're gonna grow up, and you're gonna grow up. You're gonna love each. You're gonna grow up. You're gonna love each other. And you're gonna appreciate each other. Trust me. Yeah, there's still hope. We're one's gonna get along. Yeah, everybody's gonna get along. Because you're gonna have husbands to control things. All right. <laughs> thank you for calling. Okay. Well, thank Bye. Hi. You're on the air. Hi. Me. Yes. You. How you doing? Good. Hey, uh, hey, I have a very funny question. I don't know if you could help me with it. So, uh, let so me see. Don't with a lot of friends that, and um. Uh, we have um, a girl in our grade that, that's a little slow. She's not healthy. And last year we had, and Taylor was very good. She's fine. And this year my friends don't want her to um, have her in our room again. And I really feel bad because if she's not being in our room, then, then the cat mother is dumping her in like, somewhere that, that she doesn't want to be. And I keep on telling my friends that it's a real method to have her in our room. And they don't want, so I'm not like what I should do because I really feel bad for her. I, I think, first of all, I think that Akash Varhu is looking at you and saying, what a neshama right? What a beautiful, beautiful young lady who really thinks like a Jew thinks and thinks like, like I want my children to think. And you should know that that is so not stam. Hashem, Hashem's going to give you tons of bracha and atzlacha and, and, and beautiful things in life because you're worrying about his kindalach. And I would try and talk sense into these girls and tell them, you know what? It's, it's, it's really not nice. It's very selfish to exclude this girl. And you know what? You can you can change this girl's whole life. And it's a huge, huge, huge chesed. And you know what? You never know in your future, in your life, what is gonna good is gonna come your way because you do this chesed. And try and convince other girls. If they get their way, chasashom. There's nothing you could do. I wouldn't change out of the bunk because of it, but I would at least let them know 100% what your thoughts and opinions were. Okay. Thank you. I hope that you get a good, good response. You know what? If you go in with L'Shem Shamayim and you go in with, with the right feelings, you'll be able to convince them. Okay. Okay. Thank you for calling. That's a toughie. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hi there. Um, basically, like, at really serious times, some people just, like, make me burst out laughing, and it's really embarrassing. Yeah, it is. I know. I know people that have that problem, that they like, have like, laughing yesterday fits. Yesterday was my graduation, and someone just, like, gave me those eyes, and I burst out laughing, and I was really embarrassed. <laughs> embarrassed for laughing? You're happy. No, I mean, do you laugh? I mean, do you laugh? Like a serious time, and everyone was like all serious, and I was the only one laughing. All right, fine, but I mean, it depends how you laugh. Like you, like snort coke out of your nose when you laugh. No, I like, laugh like, like a regular person. Like, <laughs> you laugh no, like you're no, 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 I know what you mean by interesting laugh. I don't have that laugh. Okay, fine. So you know what? I think that I happen to think that seeing somebody laugh appropriately is one of the most beautiful things. When someone's laughing, 
I think it's just so uplifting. And as long as you're not like knee slapping and like snorting and like inhaling the person in front of you, like or like or like like or something like that, then then you're okay. And as long as you can control it, sometimes right, sometimes it's like too serious. Like like I don't know. Well, it's the most serious times in life. Not only graduation is serious. Yeah, listen, graduation. I don't know why graduation is serious. You're done. I mean, hello. It's like what's what's <laughs> serious know, about like, that? I'm Hasta la vista, everybody. I think that it's like, it's very, it, I think graduations should be like exciting and uplifting and like short, like not 453 speeches, but everybody's saying the same things all over again. And like, and, and I think the valedictory speeches should be like, I know, but that's not how it is these days. I know. You can have a stroke sitting through these graduations. They're like a million and one speeches. And then like, ah, I don't know. Well, we have a tradition in my family that at every one of my kids' graduations, someone fell off a chair <laughs> in the middle of graduation. At my first son's graduation, one of the kids fell off the stage. Another graduation, some guy in the audience fell off his chair. And then the last graduation, another kid, fall, another man fell off his chair. So we're From waiting. Laughing? No, they just the chair collapsed and they fell down, <laughs> and the whole so place burst. <laughs> I don't know. But like everybody, it's very hard not to like burst out laughing when it happens. But okay, but that's a funny thing. Well, sometimes things are serious, and I just laugh. Yeah, well, well like, so I'm gonna. But listen, laugh. okay, I, I I know people that have. It's very normal to have, uh, not very normal. But it's it's a it's a it's normal to have someone who laughs when they're nervous or laughs at like things. Not like, necessarily with it because I'm nervous. Just because someone like made me laugh, like someone made a face, and I just laughed. Whatever. Like, so I mean, so, I, I start laughing from just silly things. Well, that's great. I wake up in the morning and I I laugh when I wake up in the morning because I'm just in a good mood and I dance in my kitchen when I make my first coffee. After I after I say brachas, I have my good morning dance and no one sees it because it's just me and their baruchalim in my little coffee kernels, but I dance. Because I'm happy, and yes, I also can crack that's my. That's not a serious time because nobody's even there. Well, but serious time. There are serious times when I'll have like very bizarre thoughts, and 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 like and whatever. I have crazy thoughts that make me laugh. So I've learned how to control myself a little bit. But uh, but I hear what you're saying. It's a good thing. You should always always be happy, my friend. And also sometimes people like like mistaken my laugh like for something for the wrong thing like I went up to get my yearbook and whatever I was still in the middle of laughing from something else and my principal I don't know what my principal thinks now he thinks that you're very, he, he probably thinks that you think he might that, think that I was laughing at her but I still wasn't I was laughing the, because of something else the phone book was very fun the the yearbook was very funny <laughs> she knows it wasn't because of that. I wasn't even looking at it yet. I was just like taking it from her hand and I was still laughing. Well, the thing is like this. As long as you like, is it, if you have a happy nature, it's a wonderful thing. It's a blessing from Hashem. Don't worry about it. You'll learn how to control it. If you have a happy nature, it's a good thing. As long as you're not pointing while you're laughing, like that's a problem. If you're like pointing at somebody's face and laughing, that could be offensive. Just, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Thank you for calling. I like this call. How you're on the air. Hello. How you um, doing? 
My brother has to go to therapy. I'm, I'm not in the mood of going. Then when I don't want to go, my mother gets all upset, and everyone goes crazy, and I can't stand it. Okay, so again, you have to go to this therapy. My brother does. Your brother does. Okay, why, why do you, what does this have to do with you? You also have to go? No, well, my father isn't home, and, and I can't go, but I have to go, and then I don't want to go, let's say. Oh, so you wait in the car? What? You wait outside? No, I have to go in the building, and I have to, like, I don't even want to leave the house. I'm interested in staying there, and then everyone goes crazy. So, what is it, like physical therapy, or uh, what kind of uh, speech I, therapy, what is it? I think it's occupational therapy. Occupational sure. therapy, okay. Those things are generally fun. I think kids enjoy those things, no? It's, I mean, do you find this fun? I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not terribly boring. I don't go, maybe he finds it fun. I don't. You don't. Well, I'll tell you why your mother gets worried about it. Because this person's parnasa is is based on, you know, the therapy. And if you cancel, then they then they lose money. And your mother's probably a very nice lady who doesn't want someone to lose money because of that. So that's why, you know, she's she she's careful about that. Um but uh I think that if you if you don't like going to therapy, you should mention it to the therapist and mention to them what the problem is. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. All right. We have a question. Hi, Dr. Cohen. I was in a really good camp with some nice girls, but my counselor avoided me. Oh, I heard about one of those. And when I told the head staff, it was worse. Oh, very. Camp mother was very mean about it to me. Do you have any advice for kids who seriously don't know what to do beyond that point? Yes. Call your parents and ask them to take you to a different camp. Because if the staff is run by evil witches, you need to be elsewhere and alert somebody and talk about it because that's entirely inappropriate and i can envision that that could happen hi we're on a call hello are you hello what's on your mind basically um all my life i dreamed of going to camp and my parents told me this year that i could go to camp but then they said that something happened, and therefore, they they can't afford it this year. And I said if somehow I could come up with the money, then I could go. Okay? How old are you? I decided to take a babysitting job. Because I know I have neighbors who have, like, a lot of little kids, and they always want babysitters, and they pay well. So I figured by the time camp comes around, I'll have, I'll have enough money. How old are you? How old are you? I'm 13. Okay. And what camp do you want to go to? I want to go to Benoskaya. Okay. So okay. I was making, I rearranged the amount of money, and I calculated that if I worked these days, I would even have more, I even have more money than I, than I had needed for the camp, so it would be perfect. I had extra money to buy some stuff. My parents, I knew, would be able to give me a little bit, buy me some stuff for camp, so I was very excited about it. Okay. Now, now I was, I was, I was one time in their house. It was like the last day I was working there, and I heard the woman talking to her husband. And like, don't cost a solemn thing that I was trying to eavesdrop, but I just happened to have heard I was upstairs, and they were downstairs in the living room. 
and I heard her talking, and she sounded very worried, and she was saying how they don't know how they're going to pull the money together because their husband just lost their job. And I don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. What should I do? Okay. Should I, should I make put someone in such a hard situation? If we made an so, agreement before, and I worked hard. This guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Listen. I wanted to just get this off my chest. Listen. I went downstairs, and I said, and she would be able to hand me the money. And she said, I'm going to I'm gonna get you the money, the rest of the money tomorrow. She was going to borrow from her mother. So I told her, you know what? This money, this is what I was working for you. It was not meant to be real money. All I need, all I need you to do is to give me a note of the amount of to duck, like not to duck money, like like mixed for money. It was never, it's not meant to be real money. And oh thing is, I told this to my parents, and they were very, very proud of me. But I still can't go to camp, and it's such a hard thing for me to do. I, mean, First I know of all, I did I, the right thing by I telling am, her that it, I, she didn't really need to pay me, but. I am blown away by what you just told me. What you just told me is one of the most amazing stories that I've ever heard in my entire life. Do you know what an unbelievable child you are? A child, 13-year-old that does this, you're not a child. Do you know how much Hashem is going to give you bracha and schar for this? This is unreal. This story has to be put into... Uh, not mishpacha. Into like one of the real, real. Into the atad neeman. This is a story that needs to be told. Now I want you to. I want you to uh, put you on hold, and Nasi's going to take your information, and uh, we're going to see what we can do about this. No, no, no. It's it's okay. Hello. I'm going to my my cousin in the Samarkar Bangal colony. So it's pretty much. You deserve out. to go to camp. What? You deserve to go to camp. Yeah, you, uh, but you, anyways, it's too late. Never too late. The camp, the camp said that it's it's too late to like apply. Hello, Nisi Lazari calls up the camp and says, "Listen here, buddy, you're gonna take this girl. I don't know. They might." Oi. Oh dear. Well, we would like to get you into camp. That's an amazing story. Hashem should bless you with long years. And your parents should be very proud of you. We're very proud of you. And I don't think there is another 13-year-old and, and that, that would do such a thing. I think that's unbelievable. And, okay, hi, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I just want to say what the girl just did is amazing. Isn't it amazing? And, but I, if she would have asked me beforehand, I would have told her that she should take the money because it's not... Her, it's not her problem, and she worked hard. And the parents, we know when you have kids, you know that you have to pay for babysitting. Uh, but she deserves that money, and, and like, and she should, she should really get to go to camp. I really, I really wish there was a way of us doing that. But she, she apparently doesn't want the notoriety. But Hashem's gonna take care of her. Yeah. So, okay. Bye. Good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for calling. Hi, you're on the air. Okay, you're not, but uh, you're off the air, or maybe you're out of air, but, but we're not. Anyways, I just think that's an amazing story. And uh, I, so the person said that the, uh, the other staff was awesome. Okay, 
If you live up in Canada, ooh, Canada. Anyways, so did you survive? That's the question to miss to the texting person. Sounds like you survived. I I know that I learned when I had a a counselor that bullied me, or I don't know if he bullied me, but mistreated me. I learned that not everybody is uh, is normal, not everybody's okay, and I learned how to like deal with deal with these types of things. But uh, anyways, that's that's pretty. That's I had I had a I had a counselor that wasn't nice to one of my kids. And it's a really good thing that I didn't know <laughs> because cause I, I would have been upset. But I didn't know, and my son didn't want to tell me because he kind of like knew that I would take care of it. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, how are you? How are you? Oh, Tzadik Shali. Oh, Tzadik Shali. How are you? Uh, um, Baruch Hashem, I want to hear. First of all, I want to thank Snusan about... Uh, uh, being back on air me on, too uh, and our team and I'm really uh, happy to, to hear that you replaced my dad the big hope to be a guest speaker on uh, a graduation of yeshiva and, I'm, I, and I already was in an engagement party and oh, I'm wow. going to the wedding oh so Hashem, boy you know and I, I know that I'm going to miss two with uh, two other weddings and uh, two other graduations okay only uh, <laughs> smachot only smart. I, I want to tell you that uh, I, the the last story is really knocked me down about this girl. It's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable. And I said I'm so proud of our, all our children. You know, it's amazing. It's, we're not expecting. You know, we're thinking that we know our children. No, we really don't. But children don't are acting better than adults would act. Yeah. And you know what? I want to get this kid into this camp, but she doesn't. She's embarrassed. She says it's too late already. Uh, I think I think that if somebody from this camp, I think that she said not chaya. Benos chaya, yeah. Yeah, benos, benos, not chaya. <laughs> okay, <laughs> if somebody hear this uh, uh, show now, and he probably recognized the girl, yeah, and I'm sure that they recognize. Please consider that uh, to put her on the on. Yes. And me chesed, you know. Because really she deserves it. 100%. And Hashem will get you, will yes. pay you back a million times. You're not going to lose money by taking a girl like this. Trust me. Yeah. Thank you for calling, okay. DC. Thank you. I miss Thank you. you. Thank you. And Bezal Hashem next week will be together. God willing. God willing. I heard you during uh, the week on, on the, on the, on the Shidrat Chai, the Hebrew show in the middle of the week. Yeah. You, you called in and you were speaking. Uh, oh, oh, about the Kevin David, yeah. Yeah, 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 I heard you. Yeah, I heard you, and you told your whole story. I was, very, I was listening. I missed an appointment because of it. What can you do? Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. Bye bye. I love that man. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I just want to tell you that story about the girl in camp. Yes. Yeah. So. I don't know what the story is with this girl, yes. but I remember, I'm 17, and yes. I remember reading that story as a fiction story in one of these magazines. So I don't know if by so some strange I, coincidence the same thing happened. Or well, I can tell you one thing. I can tell you that two things. First of all, the fact that the story was published 
could have inspired this girl to do that. That's A. B, it's not very uncommon for parents to have this conversation about money, not realizing that somebody is listening because nobody has extra money. And parents, you know, sometimes irresponsibly have conversations in the earshot of, of kids. And I would much, 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 much rather think that it's a true story and this kid was inspired by an article because it's a great story. It's a great story. It's a st type of story that we want to we want to hear and we want to promote. I'm not saying it's a. I'm not, I'm not saying I just don't want to feel so bad that like. You know, no, I, I think that just in case. Okay, but I'd like to get her into camp. to get her into camp. They should grab this kid up, like 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 the ripest watermelon. Okay, thank you for calling. How that? Okay. Anyways, so we're about to wrap. We are about to wrap. That was like a really interesting show. A lot of like really, really solid, solid callers. But that one caller, you know something? It's so important to teach kids. The question for who will take care. Because for who will take care. We're going to take our last call. Hello, you are on the air. Hello? Hi there. Um, does the radio work in the Catskills? I think so, but the app works. So I think it, you could like have the mobile app. But uh, I don't, when I first met Nisim, he was up on top of some mountain, like stripping some antenna into some some rock or something. So I hope so. We'll we'll find out. Okay. Have a great summer. Anyways. We will be here next week. But for all you who are going away to camp, have a healthy, happy summer. Enjoy yourselves. And please, 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 if somebody bothers you, if an adult is inappropriate with you, if someone tries to, to corner you into like alone time with somebody who you're not supposed to be alone with for reasons that you think about, uh, you must tell people. It won't be an embarrassment for you. Nobody will look at you differently. People will take care of them. Do not be afraid. Stand up. Stand up for your rights. And if tell people that are close to you if something is wrong. Have a great summer, kids. And for all you that are hanging out here in Brooklyn, we'll be talking next week. <laughs>